Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Legal Geeks podcast. I'm Jessica Peterson here, as always, with Josh Gilliland. How are you, Josh? I am exceptional. How are you, Jessica? <laughs> I am good and very excited about those numbers, 175. Josh, you know those numbers better than any. What do those numbers represent? This is our 175th podcast. So for those who've been around since number one, thank you. Thank you very much, and thank you to Josh. You've been the driving force. I think you've been in all 175, right? I have missed uh, quite a few. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I get afraid about doing these. Yeah, and there have been a couple of the like the quick ones. Like I did a yeah. Doctor Who one that was just like five minutes long. So I've done a couple of those just for, well, watch a program. I was like, yeah, I want to talk about this. And that's what you do. And that's what's so great about podcasts. They can be any length. You can talk about whatever you want. Tonight, for our 175th episode, um, and I'm going to take credit for this because this is my request because it is my current obsession. And it's something really that I've been obsessing over for quite a while. But the obsession in the past, what, three to four weeks? We hit an all-time high, and that is my obsession with Black Panther. Black Panther is finally going to be open this week. I would say Friday, February 16th, but Josh, because you're there on the coast, you're one of those coastal elites, you probably get to see it like tomorrow night, Wednesday night or something. Is that right? Or do you know, when does it open for you guys on the coast? Well, they already did the premiere, and I am not yes. one of those elites. No, I, that's very elite. Yeah, I'm just one of those West Coast lawyers who hangs out in Silicon Valley and <laughs> you know we wear turtlenecks and go have coffee and they're the people who wear those flip flops with toes it's just, that's, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast topic it's yeah but that's not important right now what is is Black Panther who is one of the coolest Marvel superheroes mm-hmm. an amazing Avenger loved having him in Captain America Civil War mm-hmm and the enthusiasm for his movie opening this week is palatable. Well, and there's so many reasons, right? I mean, obviously, this is the first um, kind of the modern Marvel universe. This is the first Marvel movie that features uh, somebody who's basically not a white man as a lead superhero. So that's exciting. Um, we finally get to see this Wakanda that you hear a lot about if you know anything about the Marvel Universe. But what I'm excited about, too, is not just that it's Black Panther. I mean, that when the news first came out that there was going to be a Black Panther movie, I was excited. But what's amazing about this is every level, right? I mean, you've got the director, Ryan Coogler. So right there, it's like, holy cow, the guy who brought you Fruitvale Station and Creed is going to be doing Black Panther. So that's already a whole level of this is going to be extra special. And then you've got Chadwick Boseman. Yum. Then you have, as the villain, you know, and they always talk about you need to have a good villain. And besides Darth Vader, I can't think of any really great villain in any of the Star Wars or Marvel universes. But this villain, I don't know if he'll be a good bad guy, but he's going to be a gorgeous bad guy. And that is Michael B. Jordan, (laughs) who, of course, has worked with Ryan Coogler. He's like Ryan Coogler's muse. They were together on Fruitvale Station and Creed. So, and then really the thing that I've gotten really excited about that we'll talk about tonight is um, as I've been reading more about this world and learning more about, you know, Wakanda and all that, but is that 
these female warriors, the Dora Milaje of Wakanda, and how awesome and fierce that they are. Like, I would love to see them versus the Amazonians, if we could have a DC Marvel crossover. Of course, they'd all be fighting on the same side, but maybe, like, you know, if they just had some skirmishes, like training scrimmages or something, because these women are fierce. So I'm very excited about them. Shuri is my new obsession and my daughter's new obsession, the teenage brilliant sister of uh, T'Challa. Is that how you say it? I'm not sure if that's that. Or T'Challa? T'Challa. It is T'Challa. Okay. That's at least, again, being dyslexic and it's always helpful to hear it first, but that's how I think it's pronounced. But I agree. It looks awesome. It's seeing young people just be ecstatic mm-hmm. like that's why we're here seeing people who longtime fans you know people who've read it since maybe the 70s it's like seeing this world come to life on the big screen people have been waiting for it for a long time yes it's, you know not to take anything away from play but i'm not a fan of vampire movies and oh, i am a fan of wesley snipes i do love wesley snipes he is cool uh and he he is one of the first comic book characters uh, to come to life that way, even though Blade isn't one of the um, uh, mainline Marvel characters and, and a complicated character uh, at that with mother bitten by a vampire while giving birth to young Blade gives, turns him into a daywalker. And no way! I didn't know that was his origin story. Yeah, so it... There was a wonderful Doctor Strange arc where they take on Dracula and all vampires to rid the world of vampires. Okay. And that's wildly complicated. Yes. Um, But he was big in that. Uh, There was also during the um, uh, Secret Wars, there was a Blade Howard the Duck uh, adventure (laughs) that was... Kind of left her head scratched. Oh, oh, oh my god! If they never had a sequel to Howard the Duck, that could have been it. Yeah, Howard I'm, the Duck and Blade—they love buddy comedies or buddy comedies, right? And, you know, this could be your odd couple buddy comedy with vampire ducks, and yeah, it was—it <laughs> was awesome. But again, not important right now. It's not no Wakanda. tangent. Not Wakanda, but this is the stuff that makes us happy. And I'm. You know, I have my Black Panther t-shirts. I'm ready to go. I will go see it with notepad in hand. Because there are great issues with, like, hey, does he have diplomatic immunity when he's overseas? Ooh, good point. That's right. That would be a huge thing right there. And the answer is maybe. Because it normally you don't have sovereigns conducting law enforcement personally. Because that's where things get funky very yeah and when you look at the nature of diplomatic immunity which is a an offshoot of sovereign immunity uh because you just want everyone to play nice from a diplomatic perspective so you don't inadvertently start a war um you know there has to be diplomatic mission there has to you know specific criteria be met of are you furthering a diplomatic mission and going out and playing superhero arguably isn't that that's more in this you know it's law enforcement war making if you're not careful uh so it'll be fun to see where they go within the movie huh see this is where you and i differ i plan to go the first time and just bask just wallow and i mean it looks gorgeous the music seems fantastic so far everybody is just gorgeous the scenery the costumes 
Everything just looks amazing. I'm just going to wallow. I plan to go back. I'm going to take my kids. I've been trying to buy, you know, trying to get my high school student to go with me that I'm mentoring. I'm like, I plan to make multiple trips. But that first time, I'm just wallowing in pure bliss. That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) You're more dedicated geek than I am. (laughs) We're different geeks. That's okay. Whatever impulse I have to want to analyze an issue spot that's how i roll all right yeah granted there i won't discuss the other programs but there are things i'll i'll just sit down and enjoy and just be happy it's on but i tend to issue spot everything especially this stuff because marvel star wars you know these these stories that people love are a great way to help explain how the law works yeah and the way people get excited about any of these stories, any of these characters. It's it's a bridge to go, well, let's talk about diplomatic immunity. That is very good of you. See, Josh is just always teaching. Yeah, it does wonders for dating. <laughs> well, that'll be a whole separate topic. Again, we keep talking about doing our After Hours Legal Geeks <laughs> podcast. We can do an advice one, Josh. I can just give you advice on dating. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> <laughs> the action figure collection no yeah not on the first date never on the first date <laughs> with the big you know darth vader head that opened no <laughs> <laughs> it's not okay darth never vader's happened. creepy on the first date all right yes just a joke ladies josh knows how to behave on a first date it's not like the commercial with the puppet <laughs> <So>. <laughs> But yeah, so there are a lot of exciting things. Um, obviously, my struggle has been, I've been trying to read, you know, there are all kinds of think pieces and all sorts of articles, and I've read some of them because they're so fascinating and just, you know, contributing to my excitement. There have been a few spoilers in some of them, so I'm like, but I, you know, try to be pretty spoiler-free, although I will watch the trailers over and over again. So that was a little bit of a bummer, so I'm going to have to save the rest, I think, of the think pieces until afterwards. I saw, I think the New York Times even posted another piece tonight, Allure had a great piece with Lupita Nyong'o, too, who looks amazing in this, and I always love Lupita. Um, so there's going to be, I think, a lot of interesting stuff that comes out of this. So it is going to be fantastic. Yeah, I've purposely avoided articles. I'll look at pictures and go, yes, it does look awesome, Ooh. and I'm grateful for that. But I want to go and be surprised. Yeah, yeah. The, in the comic, Claw is one of the Black Panther's main villains from the past, and Claw's a complicated character with whether or not he was just mindless and made of sound, or, you know, there are different interpretations of him. So to see how they handle that. Ah. And the fact Andy Serkis is not, like, CGI in a bodysuit. I know. It's like, oh, you get to actually be you. That's what uh, Andy Serkis looks like. I did not know that. Yeah, I mean, he's, <clears throat> he looks like that sadistic jerk <laughs> of, of, like, exploiting people. And, and when we saw him in Age of Ultron, you know, he had his hand ripped off. And, and so that probably is how he gets the, the sound cannon gun oh right and so again just a little connecting the dots speaking of connecting the dots andy circus was also snoke right yes yeah back to when he's usually 
and anima traded or anima what is it animated not animated what do they call that when they do that thing well not animatronic because that's no. a robot yes the you know, with the lord of the rings cgi thing anyway that's usually his usual route but okay see that's true that's where you go in with different it's not spoilers, but you go in, obviously, with more of a base in the comics than I have. So you kind of have um, either expectations or certain possible spoilers that you know because of that background. Or Easter eggs that, that I'm yeah. watching for. Or, you know, chuckle with, you know, the, the two white guys who are in Black Panther were also Lord of the Rings because <laughs> one was Bilbo and one was Gollum. And I find that entertaining. <laughs> so, or, or with the... Um, Infinity War trailer, it's like, oh, wow, the two guys who played Sherlock are together. That's awesome. So oh, yeah. It's like, I'm glad Robert Downey Jr. and Benedict Cumberbatch are, are together. It's like, that makes sense. Um, it's also that nice Reese's peanut butter of, you know, chocolate and peanut butter with magic and technology in the same <laughs> place. So it's like, oh, I, this makes me happy. Uh, so I go in watching for, for that. Yeah, there have been a ton of Black Panther comics right now, and I yes, I lost track. Um, and like I'm behind on a bunch of the books because work tends to flare up, and I just keep getting. I go every week, and then I'll get behind, and I don't like read because like oh I haven't like read like those two issues so. right. Well, then that can easily turn into six, and things can go sideways fast. So I'm behind on a bunch, and I'm upset about that. I did read, pick up the trade of World of Wakanda based upon your recommendation. Yes, so this is the first five. These are the five written by Roxanne Gay. Which, again, before we jump into that, I have to say, I mean, that's another amazing thing that they've done now with Black Panther is, and I read, and again, because I lose track to him behind on my Thors, I'm behind my She-Hulks. Um, but that's, I read a few of the first Black Panthers when Ta-Nehisi Coates started being the writer. And you're like, holy fudge. I mean, this is where comics, all of a sudden, and I think it's just because so many adults have grown up with them now, but comics are getting a lot more respect than they have. I mean, here you have Roxanne Gay and Ta-Nehisi Coates, two incredibly respected, kind of preeminent intellectual writers of our time, writing these comics. So, which, you know, I'm sure 40, 50, 60, well let's say 80 years ago, back when Superman was being written, nobody would have ever imagined. Um, so that's kind of what first caught, got me interested in the Black Panther again, is when all of a sudden you're like, whoa, you know, look at these people who are writing these. And so, yeah, I really want to read World of uh, Wakanda in part because I am a huge fan of Roxanne Gay. I think Jack Kirby thought we would be doing this. Did he know that this was coming? He had he had a faith in comics. Aww. Um and just being the visionary that he was, because it's just now that we have the technology to create the worlds on screen that he drew. That he saw in his head, yeah. So there's, there's a little a little of that. Oh, well, that's nice. Uh, that being said, um, this is a nice complex story. And mm-hmm. the Black Panther versus the Submariner is a complicated issue. The stuff that happened in Secret Wars with... From like infinity to secret wars to all of that with the universe being reborn with the two of them and the war that happened between Atlantis and Wandica, super complicated. And like I lost track of it because it's easy to. 
Yeah. And it's like, oh, I thought the war was over. Oh, it's back? Oh, damn it. And it's like, yeah, it's very easy to get sucked up into this because this looks like it takes place after Secret Wars where the universe has been rebuilt because there's reference to the Ultimates team. Um, and the flood. Yeah, but the... Uh, uh, Battle with Atlantis. Yeah, Namor uh, flooding Wanda. It's like, oh, they're back at war. And that just, um, <laughs> it gets complicated. It just gets complicated. Well, what I liked about these five was that it was sort of a standalone, right? Because I actually don't know that much about, again, just generally this Marvel Universe, because it is so hard to keep up with comics, and I just can't be dedicated enough. So the comic world is so hard, but these five were sort of a standalone, really, about the Dora Milaje, too. I mean, Black Panther himself had a very small role in it. Even, well, she was queen in this one, Queen Shuri, and then bad things happened. Um, But it was really more about these female warriors. And we talked about this last year with Wonder Woman. I mean, I do love, and have always loved, like, you know, tough action um, between women in movies so and in books because especially at my advanced age, um, you, you know, growing up, I didn't get to see much of that besides Princess Leia. There weren't a lot of other things or Wonder Woman on TV. So I've always loved this. So getting to just have this focus on these women and their, you know, conflicting loyalties and, uh, you know, how tough and badass they are, I just thought that was awesome. And I didn't need to know kind of all that other stuff to enjoy these five. That's always nice when you can pick up a comic and you don't need to go uh, you, you know, go look up Wikipedia to yeah. understand 40 years of history. You can just jump in it and go. And then that's nice about this. It, there is a, uh, a powerful legal story in this with yes. one of the warriors stopping, Anika. Yeah, stopping sli- uh, human trafficking. Yes. And like looking back at the panels, you know, there's a standoff between mm-hmm. this chieftain versus the warrior. Who well, she's basically just to catch everybody up. She had found out that in a village, the warrior, the chieftain who was in charge of this village, was basically taking uh, local women, using them basically as sex slaves. And then actually, when she went, she found that he was even keeping some of them imprisoned. And so as she's going to rescue them, she's trying to get him to turn himself in, which is. All the right things that should be happening because that's not okay. Right. That's all bad. And there's a standoff and he refuses to surrender and he does have a weapon drawn. Yes. And she does kill him. Yeah. And it looks more summary execution than defense of others. I think there would be a good argument for he had a weapon drawn. He said basically challenged her and she shut him down. To go save all the women. And, right. And she's on trial for it. There's a great defense of others argument to be had. And they kind of walk away from that. And I, was, I thought that was a little weird. They actually do. I mean, there's really, it does not even seem like much of a trial. And they basically, like, you killed this man and now you are sentenced to death. It was all very abrupt and quick. <laughs> like, there is not much due process here. And I agreed. It was actually, I thought, that they did, there was enough question in the panels as to whether she did feel like he was about to attack her, because he was certainly threatening. Like, he was not saying, I'll go with you quietly. He was basically like, no, you cannot tell me what to do. You need to leave. I'll call my men. So there was definitely that threat. To me, it was almost an implied, as on the door, Milaje, 
your skills were such and you, you know your strength and your fighting abilities that you should have been able to take him on without you should have been able to subdue him without the need to do anything but that was all very implied and I did think that was you know and obviously it was a very kind of timely story right now obviously with all the monsters in the media who do all these awful things to women I'm like it is hard to feel sympathetic here for this guy. Um, so you're like, yay, she's a hero, and yet she's going to be put to death. It would have been one thing if she just put him on his knees and beheaded him. It's like, yeah, that's a summary execution. Yes. That's not okay. This was, even if you have a policy of using non-lethal force, what he did and the way that you could argue he was threatening her or threatening Know, the prisoners that he had. Mm-hmm. Great argument for her to use lethal force. Well, and the question too is because, you know, then he's also threatening to call his men. So if he had called his men, um, you know, what would have happened? And then it does become almost, is she a police kind of thing? Or she's really the Dormelage, more the personal guard of the Black Panther. So is this more almost of a war kind of conflict sort of thing where, you know, because there's a risk, right, if the men had come and she had been subdued, that then all these women and then her as well are left imprisoned. And so she's risking the lives of these women. So it is interesting. On the flip side, of course, I do always feel like, you know, even when law enforcement says that they're justified in using lethal force, I'm like, that should always be questioned very, very closely, obviously, um, because bad things can happen otherwise. That's sort of the balancing side. But yeah, it was hard to feel too bad for the creep for getting shot through with a spear. Yeah, yeah, she she used a spear on him, and and if you're concerned about spears being used as a lethal weapon, maybe don't arm them with spears. Maybe, <laughs> maybe use other weapons that are non-lethal that could subdue, as opposed to a spear, because that has a pointy end with a specific purpose. Yeah. So I think she's totally justified. I would have had no problem going like, no, she did the right thing. She saved all these people. Yeah. Yay. Uh Right call, right call. Yeah. So the way that the, 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 quote, trial looked kind of bothered me. It's like, no, no, she was totally right. I don't, that's a really weird court system. So It was, and the queen mother would not pardon her at all, so. Yeah, but here's the key. It's like that sort of thing was just like. Well, wasn't that Mr. Zola, though? Wasn't that actually the, um, that was the head of the Dora Milaje who gave the key to another one of the Dora Milaje and also Aneka's lover, Io. And I love their whole, like, romance through this whole thing, too. That was fantastic. Um, But it was also interesting because it set it up, and I guess a lot of superheroes get that, right? That is kind of a a comic book theme that you see. A good guy is wrongfully accused of something and then has to go, like, on the lam to, like, fight, you know, for justice while also evading the people who are trying to put them back in prison for doing something. So I'm like, in that sense, it was, it's interesting because Roxanne Gay managed to put these great messages in and do stuff while at the same time, I think this is very much a comic book. She did not go into some weird artsy, I don't recognize this as a comic book story. She very stayed very true to the comic book themes while putting in some great storylines. It's, it's a good read. Yeah. Very good read. Well, and so my question for you, so they end... 
because I got episode six. Is it episode six? Yeah, number six. Um, and also, there's no Roxanne Gay, and it's onto some white tiger thing. And I'm like, wait, what happened to my Dora Milaje? Because here it looks like they ended this episode five with this whole Midnight Angels. So, like, that seems like a whole other storyline they're getting ready to launch there. Do you know anything about these Midnight Angels? I don't. That's. Huh. There are a lot of Marvel titles, and I, I don't know. know don't have all of them so that's a uh, hard to keep um, track of all of them i'm gonna have to look that up i'm like ooh, if that's like a whole another storyline because they have like these funky suits um so yeah i'm like well this is interesting i love it so it's like thelma and louise if they didn't have to die in a car crash and could be girlfriends instead and go off and fight the good fight kind of on the lamb they, they have a nice little cave that they can live in. that's right very romantic uh, yeah or go back to new york just saying that's that's probably gonna be easier they go back to new york deal with some of the creeps in the streets i like that teach uh, these creeps how to behave yeah but it's just they end up becoming the avengers that they were you know having a problem with at that point that is true so that's the the other thing of you know there's the trust issue and which almost gets into a form of isolationism Mm-hmm. because it's like you're not helping us it's like well there's a bigger picture in play of what we're trying to do and they right. reject, reject that so there's a nice isolation message and there there are a couple ways to look at that of too much intervention could be a bad thing mm-hmm. on the flip side you can't ignore the world and just hope everything's okay yes which i don't want to be a spoiler but i understand that may be kind of uh an issue that is discussed in the movie so this is and that's always a struggle right with black panther and his world um which you see in a lot of sci-fi actually i mean that was like john carter of mars there's a lot of that the most advanced societies actually basically try to keep themselves secret from everybody else they don't have to deal with like the lesser people you know yeah and that's that's been an issue with all the king superheroes submariners had that as well with yeah various attempted coups in atlantis you know like that that were problematic so whenever you have the ruler who is also uh the superhero who wants to go out and you know have to travel you know like you can't be in charge at home when that's right yeah so how do you deal with those two very conflicting very full-time responsibilities a good prime minister (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> or a queen regent or something that's where you know it's both work yes um leave queen Ram- ramonda Ram- ramonda i can't say the name right i'll have to wait until i see angela bassett in the role i forgot to mention her before holy freaking fudge you have angela bassett in this movie like that's freaking amazing it's going to be fun. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited for the movie. I'm glad I read the Wakanda, just as sort of a precursor to get to know a little bit more about the women, the Dora Milaje. So I am just beyond excited. What is it? I have three nights, four nights to go, four nights to go. I don't think I can wait that long. It's going to be okay. <laughs> it's going to be okay. And it's going to be awesome. I have two shirts. We'll be ready to go. So going to rock. <laughs> go in Iraq just need a needed action figure so I've got my Shura, Shuri bobblehead already I need to tweet out a picture of her tonight rock on rock yeah on. so everyone thank you for being around for 175 episodes with us mm-hmm. if uh, you could leave a review on iTunes we'd greatly appreciate it rate us leave us leave us a note if you have ideas or suggestions for topics please uh, contact us or tweet out to us and we would love to hear from you And with that, stay geeky. Stay geeky, America.